Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. The game is starting, everyone is here. I got my snacks, my friends, and a beer. Just two normal guys hanging out, having fun. Right, guy number two? Yeah, guy number one. Single, double, triple, home run. Welcome to the We Like Sports Podcast. Just as a heads up, we're recording this the Monday before Christmas. So if you're hearing this after Christmas, which you will be, hope your Christmas was good. But if there's any time delay in other news, we have families get to get to, we have places to be, but we figured we'd still post one for this Thursday. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that fun stuff. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, just a quick rundown. Make sure to give us a five-star review if you guys are enjoying the Wheeling Sports Podcast. That's five stars, like the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but give us five stars. Kind of like Biggie. He wants five. Damn, I wow. <laughs> I turned into wrestling for a second. But anyways, give us a five-star rating, comment. Give us a review, whatever. Give us five stars because we need five on it. Right, Riggs? Yes, we do. So overall, though, also for our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, um, anything of that sort, go to our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash we like sports for our link tree. And that'll be our social media, all of that sort. So make sure to check that out as well. And our Google Voice for any voicemails that you want to leave us, the number is 216-395-4561. That's 216-395-4561. And you can leave us a voicemail in which you're giving us your opinions or any topics for next week, for which would be the day after New Year's Day, which will be rolling into 2020. So definitely give us all that attention, our Twitter, our voice. Mail, Google Voice, whatever. I mean, it's 2020 now. I don't understand why we need a voicemail, but we have it. Um, also, we may or may not be in the works of having a website. So if you are interested in becoming a writer for the We Like Sports Network, that could be a possibility. So stay tuned. Anyways, today I am joined with Riggs, Pete, and myself. Peyton, PPR, which ironically enough, this isn't a fantasy football podcast, mm. but we are going to be talking football today. So first and foremost, we got two out of the three of us that are Browns fans on the verge of disappointment. Um, to kind of just start off just hot, as some people might say. So, fans booed Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield decided to wave the fans off, kind of like forget you, like I made a mistake, whatever, not even owning up to it necessarily. But then fans, one certain fan in particular, flipped him off. Bastard. How does this impact Baker Mayfield? And how does this impact the fan base's future, like in the future, like for the Browns? I think it impacts Baker Mayfield on him thinking – Wow, okay, 
okay, we obviously don't have a winning record to make it into the playoffs, so they're going to blame me on that. So you're wishy-washy in his eyes. You look fickle. Okay, you like me when I'm winning and I'm feeling dangerous, but I can't give you a winning record to go into the playoffs. And as me as a diehard Browns fan, ever since 1999 where I remember, who was that, Derek Anderson as our quarterback, I think Baker Mayfield is the greatest quarterback I've seen in this in this one particular season as a Browns fan. I, I just think that was disrespectful on those fans' part. I think it's very cheesy. It's corny. It's They were sipping that Kool-Aid a little bit too much this season. You know, like people expected us to be 12-4, and four, and I guarantee those people expected that too. You know, just, just take it one game at a time, one season at a time. This is Baker's Mayfield's at least second year playing professional football by year three, year four, year five, then you can start questioning this man's abilities. But until then, just enjoy the ride. And I mean, this is, this just comes down to frustration on on both ends. Um, Baker wanted better uh, for one reason or or another. They haven't been able to provide better and the fans expected better. And this is simply frustration with underperformance all, all year um Baker brushing them off um in the moment I mean I I guess I don't hate it he's still a human being but he can't brush us off this, this offseason you know I mean especially when it comes down to confronting him one-on-one or and wherever no, wherever I mean, that yeah, might be I, I mean with his offseason work and getting better and making sure that this doesn't happen next year I mean he has 19 touchdowns 18 interceptions and this is the Ooh. same quarterback that last year broke the rookie record for touchdowns. And had less interceptions than that. He's worse on both touchdowns and picks. In, like, what, 14 games, 13 and a half games? Last year? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, Baker Mayfield, call it a sophomore slump if you want to. But I like, I mean, wow, sophomore that, slump. That's, that's what I think it is. Um, he had his freshman 15, and <laughs> this is sophomore slump. But, listen, I – if this, if this was a Jen, a Jenner or a um, Kardashian he was dating, it'd be the wife's fault, but he's not. Let's see what happens with a competent coach in here. That's all I have to say. I like that. And, I mean, going towards a competent head coach, Freddie Kitchens, I'd say, is just about done. Yes. I mean, you – I feel like Kitchens wants to be – more of the, the player's friend than a head coach. I feel like he's too lenient. I don't think he's aggressive like Greg Williams was. That's the mistake they made. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we were talking about that last week. Yep, yep, 100%. And it's just looking more and more true each and every week. But, I mean, he's just about gone. I mean, the like statement beforehand was if you win out, the job's yours, 100% secure. Barring any, like, Pretty much, yeah, horrific collapse, tragedy pretty much. But this is fitting the mold. If you lose to the Bengals that locked down the number one overall draft pick for 2020, Joe Burrow pretty much, because they're done with Andy Dalton, if they end up even challenging them, kind of like they did with the Dolphins this past week, the Bengals, going into overtime, scoring, getting an onside kick, scoring, and then forcing overtime, Freddie Kitchens is done. But going forward, kind of where I'm leading to is the latest name for the Browns head coach is Urban Meyer. I've heard those rumors. I thought my buddy was um, partaking in a little bit of the uh, Snoop Doggy Dog activities when he told me that. Yes, 
And then, you know, good old Google on your phone. You know, I looked it up and, you know, it would be nice to have Urban Meyer here, but maybe I the, disagree. you disagree. It might be nice, but I don't think the man wants to coach or coach professional football. I, and another thing I'm afraid of, remember when Chip Kelly came out of Oregon to coach the Eagles and then he just got completely exposed? What happens? That man he went right back to college. Very, I think it would be almost the same exact deal there. Um, not necessarily just because it was a college coach. I just see, like, the situation being kind of kind of close. Um, and I, I don't mean, want a trendy coaching hire. I think you, you need to narrow down your options to – Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy. Those, to me, are your only two options, whichever one wants to come. Is Bruce uh, Arias, is, it the, is he coaching anywhere? Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I, I still feel like he's a proven loser. Um, he's actually the football coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh. Head coaching, so I mean. Well, he's got a job. But overall, though, if you end up, I mean. Obviously, he's under contract, but the more attractive position, he signed a four-year contract in January, so he's not going anywhere anytime soon, but the more attractive position would be the Browns. I could understand Urban Meyer, the fans wanting him here. The fans, I get that, because mm-hmm. there's so many Ohio State fans here. Like, And also, it. he's been a successful head coach, too. If we can just at a completely d- different level and, exactly. doesn't, and, doesn't, and has never ran a pro-style offense. Right. Right. That, and you don't. And Baker Mayfield isn't exactly a college style quarterback. No, he's I not, feel it right. He's not Lamar or RG three or mm-hmm. wow. He's not. He, he's not that. He's he's a pocket guy. He's a Drew Brees, Brett Favre. Like you need a pro style coach, which is very Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, proven winners. Both have Super Bowl appearances, and one of them has wins under their belt. Mm-hmm. Um. I think you, you're talking about proven success. There's proven stuff right there. And I, I still think I think that, that Cam Newton is one of the most gifted quarterbacks of this era overall. But that Panthers team that went to the to uh, Super Bowl fifty wasn't by it was they were nowhere near as talented as, as the Browns are. True. They got there and off that showed in the Super Bowl too. It did. <laughs> it did. But they they got there on a stellar year of coaching. I, I would really like to see what Ron Rivera and the discipline that he brings could bring to this team. And I mean, too, with the way Urban Meyer is as a head coach, I mean, look at some of the quarterbacks that he coached under, pretty much under his tutelage as head coach. What was, what was the one, the first one from Florida? Chris Leak? Not him. I don't even think he was any NFL like ready whatsoever. I think he got drafted by the Bears and turned out to be a nobody. Tim Tebow had one good season. Don't 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 hate on my, my boy Tebow. I don't mind Tebow, but <laughs> I'm just being honest. He's better off playing no, baseball. Yeah, you know you're right. Um, Cardale Jones, JT Barrett, mm-hmm. and honestly, I mean that's the only two that come to mind right now. There's who else was? Oh, Dwayne Haskins, but he's actually he, yeah, he, he's he, actually he, the one that has kind of stood out outside of everybody else. But again, everybody else that has not he, stood out. Was he started like four? Four or five, five games too. Yeah, exactly. So, so that could collapse very quick. The, I don't. You're not looking to Urban Meyer for quarterback development, and that, that's what I'm saying. Is like the, those style quarterbacks don't don't make it. That style of offense doesn't work. 
And I mean, just Urban to, Meyer's not the guy for, for Rumi. I'm sorry. Let let Dallas take him. Just to put a bow on it, too. <laughs> Fuck Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett looks like the Jack in the Box when you open it. That's just what he reminds me of. But yeah, I mean, the overall like head coaching like jobs that are going to be the most attractive out there. It's going to be the Browns, and then it's going to be the Cowboys. That's the top two. It should be if you have if you have Odell, if you have well, if you Baker, have if you have Odell. Jarvis, He's if you staying. have Nick Chubb, if you have Kareem Hunt. This is coming from a goddamn Steelers fan that's convincing you guys to go Right, no, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I understand that, but this is also coming from a Browns fan who understands what our ownership is. Mm. Look at our turnover rate. Look at our dysfunction. If we get a new head coach, I swear to Christ, I want him here for a good, solid, at least three to five That's years. That's what we said about Freddie. That's what we said about Hugh Jackson. But Freddie can't. If it's look- wrong, it's wrong. Hire the right guy. And then you won't have to worry about that. Because then, then you're saying, I want him for at least three years. That means that you're planning on two to three years of fucking losing. Honestly. Get the right guy in, and let's not fucking worry about it. Mike Patton, would he fit in this Fuck organization? They had their best years with Brian he Hoyer. Was a, he was incompetent. Hmm. Yeah, our best years at fucking 6 and 10. I mean, so you're going with either Ron Rivera or Mike McCarthy. Those are your only two options. Hmm. Right Ex- now, I Experience, guess. yeah. I can't think of anyone else. And too. I would rather both of them over... Um, Oh, shit. Um, New England offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels. So I I would put him third on my list, but I mean a a distant third because he does not have head head coaching experience. Um, I really think that um, Rivera is number one. I really want him. I really do. What would you guys think if Bill Cowher – Possibly comes out of retirement. We, I swear to God, I've we heard, talked about I've that seen at work rumors too. Rumors before about it that the Browns seem like a likely destination. Um, now, did he say that, or did that just the good? rumors that are out there? I've seen it's always been a consistent thing that ever since he was retired and the Browns have been looking for a head coach, that's kind of been what they've been leaning towards. Was that maybe the Browns? He has a young quarterback. He would have a good team. I mean, when Bill Cowher was coaching the Steelers, he was coaching a young Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a guy like Cowher, that's where I go back to my last thing about Urban Meyer. These guys are so up there in age. It's, oh, yeah, I missed the game. I missed going to work. But when if we do get these veteran coaches here, will they still have that same drive, that same fire? Or was it just uh, put out I with do. just you think I, so? I think, I think once, once it's in you, it's in you. Like if, if you've ever had a passion in life, like it, but you, it grabs you, it grabs you, and you, and it doesn't let 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 you go. So you don't think they missed the beat? Like oh, you no. know, this isn't my game anymore. I've no, tried. Yeah, no, I I think especially with with Cowher with and as a Brown tank kills me to say it, but I I don't think that that he's lost his his drive if that's the word that you, you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. His coaching ability, I guess, would be, like, the best phrase to put it. I mean, well, yeah, I bet, I bet that's still there, but it's, you know, oh, I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old to yell at these guys and get up every yeah, morning with them. Yell at them I would tell you, right Bill Coward, compared to Freddie Kitchens, he would be well-respected. They, I mean, a pile of dog shit would listen better 
as head coach, the Browns players would listen to him better as a head coach. I don't know why they called dog shit at him, but they would listen better to dog shit than they would to Freddie Kitchens because Freddie Kitchens is not a team leader. He's Again, I said this last week, he was better off as offensive coordinator, if not a quarterback coach, and he was in too deep, and it's just way too much, way too quick. He he told us he can swim, but he's drowning. We're we're talking right now as if Freddie's out the door. You got again. I'm going to go back to the issue really being our ownership. It's it's. Uh, I I feel like they might keep him. So then what? Then next year they played the then they played the Steelers next year and just like every other Steelers game they end up firing him as head coach because every head coach in the past like five yeah. years get fired after they play the Steelers for whatever reason. Because that's a team that we've always compared ourselves with, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, Pete, I know you wanted to like break down like the last like two minutes of the Browns game of the first half. Yeah, that for me, if and again, that's this is what I'm hoping that Jimmy and D see. Um, that is who Freddie is as a coach. There was about a minute and a half on on, on the clock. And you were at, I, I believe you're at a tie game. Um, you already knew that they were getting the ball in the second half, and you you had the ball with with, with a minute and a half. You didn't necessarily need to score. It would have been nice, but you needed to run that clock down. You needed to find some sort of efficient offense to run with a ground game, mind you. Again, you have two of the top five running backs in the NFL on your roster. Use them to run the the clock out. Instead, they go three and out, and the Ravens literally score two touchdowns before halftime. And that was also the turning point the, for Lamar Jackson too. After that last, two you minutes, had him and, shut down again. You had him. You had him sh- shut. You had him shut down in the the first game th- this year, and you were continuing that trend. It looked like. You figured Lamar out. Like, you were the only team. One of the few teams that is Lamar Jackson's kryptonite. I mean, what, he fou- he fumbled the ball twice in the first quarter? This was all Freddie. This was all Freddie's lack of time management, lack of play calling ability, the uh, com- combination of, of the two. And, again, we are on week 16, the second last game of the season, and he is showing just as much, if not more, incompetence in game managing. Just run the clock out. Then, then you are literally in position to win that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you. I mean, obviously, like I even said this on Twitter too. So if Nick Chubb actually was used the correct way, in which Freddie Kitchens knew how to use him, and they actually ran the ball more. How many yards would he actually have and how many touchdowns? I think you're going to be looking in the 2,000-yard category for yards. If Nick Chubb actually – I mean, with the, he's a, one of the best running backs that are probably out there. He's not the size of a Jerome Bettis, but he literally carries the pile like Jerome Bettis did for the Steelers. You're exactly right. I, I noticed something yesterday, something that, that he's done a lot of, is when he's not getting any more yards going forward – this dude will turn around and start backpedaling a pile of people. And you also have linemen, too, that throw him forward, too, and that's smart. He literally fights for every inch. And that's – 
He should be up. Lynch. He should be up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. I mean, he okay, might be. Damn team. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, I mean, one more topic before we end up having to break here. So you guys remember David Blau, the one that was the preseason quarterback, one of them for the Browns, and that now he's starting for the Lions because Matthew Stafford's hurt. So to kind of he's been hurt for a while, Stafford. So to kind of sum up the Brown season, David Blau said, comparing the Lions to Cleveland, there's more structure here in Detroit, everywhere: the meeting rooms, the coordinators, the head coach. Literally a player that is playing for Detroit that was that a nobody. Three wins. Three wins. Yeah. Three wins. Three wins. I, I, I completely can agree with David Blau. I, I bet that the Lions organization, every other thir- the other 31 teams in the NFL, I bet their organization from head coaching to meetings to production staff, I guarantee there is more structure there. It's like let's take your average nine-to-five job that you do, right? Whatever it is, whether you're flipping burgers or you're a lawyer, I guarantee you get mad when there's lack of communication between, let's say, your boss, your GM, to one of your constituents, your coworkers. That gets frustrating. So I can just only imagine a million-dollar sports team with that frustration. I would expect, I would expect more structure and you know knowing things instead of you know having to hear them last minute. The fact that a player from an opposing team that was in your team during training camp has to pretty much say how much of a dumpster fire that you are. Freddie Kitchens, the coordinators, they should not be there. They should, again, like usual, like every single year, explode from within. And I think that's the only way you keep Odell Beckham Jr. That's the only way, is if you get rid of Freddie, if you get rid of the coordinators. And also, too, on another note about Odell, Odell claimed before the Ravens game that his sports hernia, and maybe this just is an excuse for his overall shitty season and not getting as many receptions, not getting as many touchdowns, not having 13 million one-handed catches. He said that his sports hernia has taken away from his gracefulness this season. Is that an excuse or not? I, I don't, man. It's That's a double-edged sword. Like me knowing, I don't know have Odell. Have one? No, I, I haven't. Hernia, it sucks. Well, like I imagine that too, because that's my like, like stomach, right? You can. Uh, it, it depends. You can have them in your stomach. You also may have them, like in like your, your upper, pelvis. upper, like inner thigh too. Um, you can get a swollen testicle from that. I know people that say that their testicle swelling up from hernias. Well, no, I'm not no doctor. I'm a janitor. Um, basically, it, it, it's really it's really painful. Um, I can absolutely see where it's affecting him. Um, gracefulness. I mean, that's a weird w- word to pick, I guess, for him. But whatever. It's not like he's out there doing ballet. That's why, like, I agree with you that, like, it's a weird, like, word, and like, it's kind of like he's not putting like as much finesse into his place. But there shouldn't be any reason for stop running routes, though. True, and that's the thing that's or else be on it's, the injured list, or but he, you know, still wants to. Oh, I don't want to come to Cleveland for one year. And miss X amount of games, you know, when there's – because I guarantee since he's been here, we've all seen it, his jersey sales has gone up, you know. So he probably, you know, you know, I owe it to these people to at least try my hardest out here, you know, at least make my money instead of just, oh, he's here to collect a paycheck. But, you know, like like with pizza, you know, I've never had a sports hernia or any sports-related injury, so I really can't comment on that situation. 
But, you know, if that is true, I bet it sucks, and I hope he heals up on the offseason and gets better soon. He's getting surgery. He'll he'll be all right. But coming this offseason. He'll be in a Browns uniform come next year. I feel like he will. He said this offseason, he needs to be at OTAs this year. Yes. Baker needs to hide his face this year. He needs to get in shape. I, people were saying how Baker's very out of shape. Yeah, people were saying that Baker got a belly and he gained a little bit of man titties. Then when we drafted him, he was cool. And then, you know, maybe it's that whole stereotype. You get married, you get in a good relationship, you get happy. He got complacent, man. I, I, I really think think he did. Um, work needs to put in needs to be put in this offseason and mouths need, need to be shut. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Tell yes, you're exactly right. I felt embarrassed. He's a competent fucking coach in here. You're exactly right. I felt embarrassed after our week one loss against the Titans. That's when the season was over. Exactly. And then the one guy on the Titans, oh, you, you want to crown their ass and go ahead and crown them. We they are who we thought they were. And and, and that and that comes with that that stupid pressure from the media saying, oh, the Browns are going to look like this. Oh, they should have a chance to look like this. Yeah, but it's not like we didn't feed it to them. True. And the Titans are actually fighting for a playoff spot come week 17-2, and the Browns are already out of it. They're looking at draft picks. I mean, I guess at this time we're going to just end up taking it to break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back. And we're back on the We Like Sports podcast. Here we are now talking about the NFL playoff picture in which the NFC has – Already been cemented and done with, for the most part. All your teams that are clinched are clinched. Pretty much your home field home, advantage. Home field advantage is still kind of for grabs, but it's that. And that'll be between the 49ers and the Saints. And Which, no. The 49ers oh, yeah. end yeah. up having the tiebreaker. Um, Green Bay is actually playing right now, though, so that'd be them against the Vikings. So that's a big game for Green Bay. Um the seeding's all interesting there. Um, Wildcard teams are Seattle and Minnesota at 11-4, and four, and the Minnesota Vikings going into Monday night were 10-4. and four. I mean, like you said, the Packers, Saints, and 49ers are all pretty much in for contention of the home field advantage. On another note, though, with the AFC, you have the Ravens locking down home field advantage in which they're sitting a couple of their starters, one being Lamar Jackson. Do you guys know who Lamar Jackson's backup is? Is that RG3? Yeah. So the Steelers get to face RG3. Great news for them. Uh, the Patriots are sitting at 12-3. and The Chiefs are at 11-4. and The Texans at 10-5. and The Bills at 10-5. and And the Steelers and Titans... But the Steelers are, and Titans are facing off for the final wildcard spot in which the Steelers play a couple of backups, a backup quarterback, and the Titans face the Texans. And the Texans are, I don't want to quote myself and say I'm wrong, but can't they move up with seeding? Because the Chiefs are 11-4, and four and they're behind the Chiefs at 10-5. and five, So they can move up to home field then between that matchup, right? What 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 seed are they currently at? They're at four right now, but they could. But the Chiefs are sitting at eleven and four. Well, they they at four. You still have a home game in the wild card round. So they'd end up playing. They, the, it would just change. It depends on wild card team they face. It, right? it would, yeah. So if they move up to three, they they face probably Pittsburgh. So they could literally play right now. They're, they they would be playing Tennessee. So they choose their destiny pretty much. If they want to pretty much set their starters, they would end up. 
possibly facing the Titans, or else they end up facing the Steelers, depending on what route they want to go. Um, who do you guys see, I guess, Pete, you kind of already answered the question, jumping a little bit ahead. Who do you guys think ends up winning that sixth spot in the wild card? Again, the Steelers do have that possibility. The same thing happened last year. And they needed a game against the Ravens in which the Browns played against, and that didn't end up going in their favor. But this time they actually control their own destiny, facing off against the Ravens and their second stringers. Uh, who do you guys think ends up getting that sixth seed, though? Uh, I think Ravens still win this week. Who are the ones looking at the wild card again one more time? Titans and Steelers. Titans and Steelers. Well, I'm going to sound completely biased because I'm a Browns fan. I hope it goes to the Titans. And I also I think Tennessee's getting Right, I also feel like that Tennessee had a better season than Pittsburgh. You know, there was no, okay, yeah. you're bench. Now you're week bench six, quarterback. Week 16, they still don't know who their quarterback is, and here I am laughing while we watch from the outside. But yeah, kind of eating where you shit or shitting where you're eating, whenever that order goes. You're right the second time. Um, it's bound to be one of them. But, I mean, even if the Steelers don't make it, for the type of season that they had, even if they end up finishing 8-8, eight and eight, which I think they do actually have the ability of beating the Ravens because I think Lamar Jackson is the key to the Ravens' success. Exactly And Mark right. Ingram. Yeah, that's a one-two combo right there. I see Mark Ingram went down on a non-contact play yesterday, and it looked pretty scary if you're a Ravens fan, but that's a strong dude. He'll bounce back like nobody's business. And it just it's just crazy how Lamar Jackson gets into the NFL, and this is what I condone the Ravens on. The Ravens, and I feel like every other football team, when they get a certain quarterback, they play to that quarterback's strengths and weaknesses. Not, oh, you're here, this is our system, shut up and get over it. Okay, you're our quarterback, well, this is how you were in college. Okay, we're going to try to do things like this, but how are you comfortable playing? And it's also, I feel like, a trust thing. Like, I just, as a Browns fan, I've seen quarterbacks come where it's like, okay, week three, I've seen some promising stuff. Week four, what the fuck? Get it together. Week five, can you even read a playbook? Week six, yay, I'm impressed. But every other person that comes out of college, like your Lamar Jacksons, your, what do you call them, your Russell Wilsons, your um, Pat Mahomes, they come out into a professional system, and it's like it was already made for them. Just ridiculous because Lamar Jackson wasn't even drafted that early. On that note, who was the Ravens quarterback at the start of last year? Joe Flacco. Is he anything like Lamar Jackson? No, no. He got he took that one bad neck hit and they signed him the No no no. Style. Oh style, no, 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 no. -mm. Joe Flacco's got an arm though, but So how all quarterbacks have arms. How the hell did Fuck God dang it. I'm listening. How did they Transition from a pocket passer mm. who could barely run like a five second flat forty to a to <sighs> Lamar and be consistent. I mean, not only that too, That's Lamar a coach. Yeah, a hundred percent, and he's a hardball too. But I mean, not only did the, they end up picking Lamar Jackson at thirty two in the first round. Before him, quarterbacks like Josh Rosen, who got drafted by Arizona, got traded to Miami, that's sitting on the bench behind Fitzpatrick now, that even he could have been a starter with the Bills with Josh Allen, because Josh Allen was off to a terrible start. 
this past year, he's actually looked like a quarterback. And you know what? Kind of is funny if you're a Browns fan. If Lamar would have fell to the second round first pick, the Browns picked Austin Corbett. I guarantee you they wouldn't take Lamar Jackson still because they picked Baker early on. But even Lamar, if that wasn't a part. But I, I remember hearing Lamar Jackson say, if the Cleveland Browns draft me, I will retire. He didn't. I, I promise you. I remember hearing about that in an interview. That man did not want to be here in general because he knew what the hell we – you know, he didn't want to get himself into a dumpster fire. Nick Chubb? Nope. Nick Chubb was in the second round the third pick. So 35th overall. Corbett was 33rd overall. Oh, okay. But, I mean, that's always interesting to play the game of who could have been drafted by who. But, I mean, the fact that Lamar Jackson, there is the possibility that they could have passed up on him. And, I mean, so many people didn't think – many people, many scouts thought he was just a running back, and they still thought that after his freshman year. His first year, I don't know why I said freshman. I'm thinking college still. Do you guys, to wrap up the kind of the seating, do you guys honestly think that Robert Griffin III, with his two knee replacements at this point pretty much, actually have a chance? Ooh. Yeah, I remember he was on the uh, Redskins in his knee that one time. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, Does he have a chance? Okay, you know Against what? the Steelers, in which the Steelers mm-hmm. could actually do, be playing for a playoff. Do you know who I can compare this to? I remember it was the year the Packers won the Super Bowl, and they decided to bench Aaron Rodgers, and they threw out Matt Flynn. And Matt Flynn came out of – yeah, he killed it. it. Showed you, like, look, I can sling that gun too. So it, 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 can, it, can be, it, can, it can go that way, and he can also shit the bed. So I would like to see him do good, but at the same time, I have no control over that. And I mean, too, just to kind of go off the point about Matt Flynn, not only has that situation happened more than once, because, I mean, Nick Foles literally oh, won the Super Bowl for the Eagles, uh, yeah. got a huge contract, and now Gardner Minshew, some dude that looks like, what's the one uncle's name from Napoleon Dynamite? Mm-hmm. I, that's who he looks like, and that's who Napoleon. Nick Foles is – practically getting paid to sit on the bench. Matt Flynn was kind of similar. He had the Seattle Seahawks job. Now where's he at? He's not even in the league. He got that Super Bowl ring, though. Yeah, but (laughs) there's not much stories to tell behind it other than that I got it. Nick Foles, I mean, imagine if – we're just to kind of go off this topic. I know we're getting way off topic, though. If Nick Foles – ended up signing with the Eagles, and let's say Carson Wentz was an afterthought, and let's say kind of similar to like what happened with Nick Foles. Like let's say they just flip and they trade Carson Wentz. Where do you think Carson Wentz would end up? Would he be Nick Foles' backup? Would he be in Jacksonville? Would he be elsewhere? Would he be in Miami? I mean, it's, a, That's hard. it's That's just hard. kind of taking a guess here because judging by all the moves and whatnot, because it's all a domino effect, but – where do you think Carson Wentz, his type of style, his quarterback ability would fit if they ended up picking Nick Foles over Carson Wentz? Because I don't think he'd be on the Jaguars. Bears? Yeah. The, yeah, the Vikings were set at that time. Who, uh, oh, well, I mean, he would probably – you would be assuming that he would be getting the same contract that, that Foles did. Yeah. So you would assume that he would still be with Jacksonville right now. 
hypothetically speaking, he can go to the Bears this offseason. Yeah. That's right. That's where I could see him. I mean, the I always enjoy playing like the strange what if game, but I'm, I mean, before we end up heading out of here and our post Christmas edition of the We Like Sports podcast, what final thoughts do you guys have to say heading into Week 17 for NFL, heading into the playoffs, um, heading into the college football playoffs this weekend? What are your guys' final thoughts for? Pretty much week 17, or why don't we just kind of go into the 2019 season in sports? Just kind of putting a bow on 2019 since the next recording is going to be in 2020. Riggs, what's our favorite saying here in Cleveland? There's always next year. That's my final thought. Oh, yeah? No more factory of sadness, please. Well, I guess on that note, that's it. There's always next year. No more factory of sadness. Well, I mean, I'm so sad. <laughs> it's not Owen 16 sad, but. But with all the hype, it's pretty sad, though, still. I... Owen 16 gave me lightweight chest pains that so, offseason. To, I guess we're not wrapping it up yet because it's just opened up a can of worms. Just quick thoughts. What was worse, Owen 16 or 6 and 10 this year with all the hype? Owen, oh, God dang it. You jumped too quick. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on, you said 6 and 10. Seven and nine, six and ten, whatever. Yeah, yeah motherfucker, we ain't worried. Honestly, it's really weird. I really think that there's actually a really big difference between six and ten and seven and nine. I really think that one game is like the double digit losses. Like, I think that seven and nine looks a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I think that one game means a lot. Um, well, I mean, if you're seven and nine, if you're playing in the NFC, you could be like the Eagles and be in the game, playoffs at eight and seven heading into week seventeen. This this year is depressing and lost. Um, I don't know if you can ever match zero and sixteen though. Yeah, like, that hurt. You literally didn't win a single damn game. Yeah, that fucking hurt. Follow, followed by one and fifteen. I think that one that one hurts worse because you were one and fifteen and then got worse. Was that the Deshaun Kaiser era? That was the Owen sixteen year was the Kaiser year because I remember it was RG three who won us the last game the year prior. Yeah, damn, we had RG. Wow, I forgot. <sighs> well, I guess on that note, I opened up the factory of sadness. So we'll see you guys in twenty twenty. Happy New Year. Be safe. Can you smell? What we like sports is cooking.